Welcome to the podcast where we answer the question, that's healthy? This is your host, Hope Brandt. Social media has really done a doozy on our perception of health and wellness, and I want to help set the record straight. Quick fixes and fad diets? Unachievable beauty standards? Extreme fitness challenges that leave you more broken than when you started? I'll pass. Taking ownership of your choices, treating your body and mind with respect, filling your life with things and people that lift you up instead of tear you down. Yeah, that's healthy. And that's exactly what you'll find here. Let's start the show. I am so excited to have Shannon and Peyton with me on the podcast today. Shannon is the founder, owner, creator of Evlo and Peyton is my all-time best friend. She was my (laughs) maid of honor, my wedding, and she's the head of content at Evlo. So welcome, you guys. Thank you for having us. We're excited. We're so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm honored, literally honored to have you guys on the podcast. So uh, I will just give a little bit of spiel about Evlo Fitness. This has been the workout program that I've been doing for the past, I guess, year now. Mm-hmm. only consistently. Um, and I have just seen not only such progress physically, but it's just been such a weight off of my shoulders to be able to have access to a program like this at home. And it's such a time saver. It's so efficient. I just, I cannot speak highly enough of it. So Shannon, if you would just kind of give me a spark notes version of Evlo, what y'all's philosophy is, um, and then we'll kind of go into what prompted you to create it and go from there. Yeah, I would say if we had to sum up our philosophy in one sentence, it would be our goal is to teach people how to build their bodies up without breaking them down. And that goes mentally, physically, it kind of is all encompassing. It's really a 360 degree approach because we like to use the science behind why we're doing certain things why we're leaving out other things, but then also it's, it's wild how much the mindset piece is such a big part of it. And yes, I always think about this. Like we get comments, people are like, you've changed my life. And I'm like, that, you know, it's like, it's just a workout. Like what, yeah. what do you mean? But it's wild because I think that the way people associate physical movement is very like impactful in, in lots of other areas of their life. And again, it sounds kind of like dramatic that a workout could change other areas of your life. But I think how you move and how you view your body is crucial in, in all areas of your life. So it's really, we really try to like impart this philosophy about like less is more working smarter, not harder, taking care of yourself, prioritizing rest. And I think, unfortunately, it's rare in the fitness world, but it needs to be, um, we need it, especially like, and with our hustle culture, like we need, yes. we need more of this, I think. Um, yes. Well, and I forgot to even say that y'all are both doctors, physical therapy. So when you were talking yeah. about using like the biomechanics of it and everything, I was like, oh, that's kind of important to know. So <laughs> you guys have so much education in the science behind movement. I mean, and you guys are Peyton, I think you've referred to yourself as like a movement specialist at, uh, sure, yeah. and that's the truth. And so I love being able to learn from you guys who have not only the schooling, but the real life experience in doing these things as well. So speaking of that, let's kind of talk about your experiences that led you to 
Shannon creating Evlo and then Peyton wanting to be a part of Evlo and joining Evlo. So I, Shannon, kick us off with what yeah. made you develop this philosophy. It's interesting. I, um, I have an interesting, Peyton and I have very different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but like it kind of brought us both to Evlo for different reasons. I started developing, like I would say patterns of over-exercise and overuse in my body in my early twenties. I kind of had the mindset of like, you know, if I'm not burning enough calories, if I'm not, um, working out every single day for at least an hour a day, sometimes I would work out like two, three hours because I would teach fitness. And then I would Mm -hmm. like do my own workout, which anyone that teaches fitness knows that like teaching is a workout. Like it's a workout and that is enough. And then going on top of that and doing my own workouts and just, I know anytime I'm doing an Evlo workout and I'm literally like panting and I think to myself, how are y'all talking during this? And it's I, a work. It's you're doing full body, full body workout, cardiovascular, all in one. For truly, us. truly, yes. especially the way that, that we do it. So. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a workout. And like, that is enough as it is just teaching. And, and so, yeah, I, I, and I also like had this pressure that I needed to like look a certain way as a fitness instructor. And so like I was just in a pattern of under eating, tracking my calories burned. And I would like literally at night, if I didn't burn enough calories, according to my fitness watch, I would like jog in place at night and like try to like burn those extra, like 50 calories that I had left, like, so that I was always in a deficit. And it, it was just, I got to a point where I started developing like chronic back pain, chronic hip pain, wrist pain. It started spreading throughout my whole body. And, and you're in your twenties, uh, like 20s. early twenties at this early point, 20s. Okay. early twenties. And I was, um, getting like treated every single week. I was getting massages. I was spending a lot of money on like physical therapy and massages and all this body work to kind of like patch me up. Well, that's what and they I tell remember, you you should do and you need to do. Yeah. It's exactly. like, you don't need all this stuff and you're not working hard enough. Obviously right. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's not like, let's take a look at like what's causing you this. Pain. Uh-huh. It's just like, let's patch you up and like send you back to it. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this is part of the, this is part of how it goes. Part of to be yeah. fair. Yep. And that's what I would tell my patients mm-hmm. when I was a practicing physical therapist and kind of going through this in my own body, they were suffering from the same thing. A lot of them of just beating their bodies up in the pursuit mm-hmm. of quote unquote fitness. And I remember telling them like, you know, this is just the price you have to pay to be fit. Unfortunately, you're just going to feel a little broken down if you want to be fit and strong and feel good. And I, I feel so guilty for telling so many people that, that it was normal Yeah. because now I have zero chronic pain and mm-hmm. I learned more about biomechanics. I learned more that like, oh, the reason that my body hurt wasn't because there was something wrong with me. It was that my workout programming, I was working harder, not smarter. And so I, I've developed Evlo lots of, um, lots of my own research, lots of like layering on what we learned in physical therapy school and just kind of digging even deeper. Um, cause a lot of the biomechanical stuff, we didn't really learn in physical therapy school, no. uh, believe it or not. Uh, we learned it after. That's so, so interesting because I yeah. feel like in dietetics, a lot of it is the same way where you don't learn a lot of the, like maybe general wellness or even like counseling skills that I think are absolutely necessary to be an effective practitioner or even, you know, just an effective nutrition coach or whatever it is that you want to use your degree for. So yeah, that I would not have expected that at all. So what made you want to learn more about biomechanics specifically? And then where did you go to find that information? So right after physical therapy school, I worked at this awesome place 
and had this amazing mentor who was starting to teach me, like, not all exercises are created equal. And there are certain forces that go through your body and exercise is physics. And so I, and that's, wasn't something I was exposed to prior, even in physical therapy school and all of my fitness trainings, but it's Mm -hmm. like one of the most foundational things of movement is Mm -hmm. that exercise is physics. And so learn being exposed to that information really, truly opened my eyes to like, oh, we can just use our time more wisely. Like we don't have to like do all of these gold standard exercises, like squats and burpees Mm -hmm. and overhead presses to be fit. And a lot of it is just coming from history and dogma, not necessarily from a academic lens of how physics and force is going through your body. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's absolutely like mind blowing when you really start to think about it. And I love how you guys explain what we're doing and why we're doing it in the classes. And so Mm -hmm. you literally can like picture it in your mind, like, okay, we're doing lateral raises this way because I can see the moment arm is longer when we do it this way. Mm -hmm. And then you can use that to apply to whatever else that we're doing, because I don't know, I'm a very big. And I know that y'all are too. And being able to like take a principle and then apply it to your own life and what you're doing. And Mm y'all preach that all the time in Iflo that, you know, we don't have to look exactly like you. If we know like the general principle and then the muscle that we're supposed to be working, like you can make your own little tweaks to be able to get to the place where you're feeling the muscle burn and you're creating the muscle fatigue that you want to be getting out of that class. And Mm -hmm. so I just think like having the explanation behind it is so helpful and being able to be more autonomous in your workouts, which I like, I preach that all day long for your nutrition as well. Being able to make your own choices because you know why you're doing what you're doing. So, yeah, I feel like that's one of the main reasons why we are so passionate about doing classes that are follow along classes where we are doing everything with you one, so we can feel it in our own bodies and mm-hmm. we can give real time modifications, explanations. And then number two, so that people know the why behind it, because when you know the why behind an exercise, or, you know, the, or we give you the information about the anatomy of the muscle, it truly allows you to then better work that muscle. And like you said, I like what you said about it. It then allows you to actually be more autonomous because I feel like sometimes people see a class and they're like, "Uh, I want to be able to go to my own, go do my own thing, go to the gym, Mm -hmm. get in and out with my little set of exercises. And it could actually end up hindering you because you don't have that same information to really apply it really well within your own body, as opposed to being in in a class where you're hearing this information constantly, you're then able to be more autonomous and make those decisions that work the best for your body. Yeah. We always tell people that we want them to feel like they have a master's degree after taking our classes. Like, We want them to feel like truly like educated and understand. I do. There's some (laughs) classes where, (laughs) you know, Peyton will say something about like the ground reaction force or whatever. And it's like, I know it's coming. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the ground (laughs) reaction force. (laughs) And you know what it is? I mean, the lay person that's probably listening to this has no idea what a ground (laughs) reaction force is, but like the fact that you just even said that, like it's so casually in conversation. Yeah. Like you're clearly like, you're clearly like soaking in a lot of like what we say in class, which is our goal. So I love to hear that. It's working. (laughs) I know I'm literally like a fangirl. I'm your biggest fan. I could probably like quote classes because I have some favorites that I like go back to. (laughs) That's so fun. I love that you do that. But you were, you were kind of talking about 
like doing workout classes and having that be like being very reliant on being at that class or the instructor in the class. And that's kind of where I started with my like post athletics fitness was I actually started doing CrossFit. And Mm -hmm. so it was very much like, you know, you have to show up for certain times for your classes. Um, You're very dependent on, I mean, and modifications and things are encouraged, but, um, you know, you don't get a lot of say in like what you're doing, how you're doing it. And I think that starting out in group fitness classes in person can be a really great starting point to add some accountability, to add some structure, to feel like you're not alone. But it's so funny that it's like full circle, but a completely different spot because these group classes just, they'd feel so different because I'm on my own time and I can feel much more in control of what I'm doing. And I went through a period of time too, where I was like going to the gym by myself and making up all of my own workouts, which was good for a period of time too. But it gets to the point where I felt like I was truly wasting a lot of my time, either going back and forth, doing different sets or just picking like inefficient exercises that you see everybody doing. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that girl's doing like cable kickbacks. Maybe I should do (laughs) cable kickbacks. And you just, you know, do random things like that, not really knowing if what you're doing is adding up to producing results. So it's so nice to know what I'm doing is actually producing the results that I'm looking for. And I just have to tell you, I've never in my life had like visible quad muscles and my quads are popping and it's so much fun. (laughs) Yay! We love to hear it. Isn't that like, that's when, when it gets exciting and you're like, okay, I'm sold when you're, when you start to see, cause sometimes, and maybe you can attest to this. Sometimes you'll do a workout and you're like, I mean, I don't feel like white and depleted. And like, did I do enough? Like you kind of ask yourself that you're like, was that enough? And then you start to see the physical evidence. You actually start to see your muscles change and you're like, oh, And then you won't go back. You won't go back to torturing yourself for no good reason. Yes. Okay. Well, and I'm so glad that you said that because the concept of you've done enough and then Peyton, you kind of like take that into you are enough. I just Mm -hmm. noticed like both of y'all end your classes that way. How did that start? And kind of what is the underlying goal of saying that at the end of every class? It's so funny because I don't even know when I started saying that. I think it was like in the beginning, it wasn't intentional at all. It caught on. Uh-huh. It like really caught on because I started this in, in um, COVID. And so I think people were feeling really stressed and really like anxious. And, and I just remember a lot of the members being like, I don't think this is enough. I don't think I'm doing enough work. I think I need to go do more. And so I was getting that feedback a lot. And mm-hmm. I just had to, I started saying it at the end of every class because I'm like, Just to remind you, I know you want to go do more after this. You've done enough. Like you are enough. It's okay. And people, it started catching on and people started being like, thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. And I realized that, oh my gosh, this is a real issue that people struggle with of feeling Mm -hmm. like, and again, I think it's a lot, a a lot of our culture, a lot of our like Mm -hmm. hustle culture is like more, 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 more is better, more is better. And that translates into exercise and pretty much everything in your life, career, like relationships. I think everything. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And then it just caught on. And now it's like a staple in most of our classes. I yeah. say, it, I, th- I think I say it in almost every, or I try Same. to, yeah. yeah, I try to say it in almost every class. What does it mean for you, Peyton? For me too, the, 
you've done enough is, is huge in and of itself. Having that piece of you in this actual class, you have done plenty enough. You can trust that if you're following along with the programming, like you are getting in more than enough work to see those physical results. But then I, I don't know when I started adding in like, and most, I always say at the end and most importantly, you are enough. And sometimes I'll say like exactly as you are like right here, right now, because to, or in our general culture, so many people are working out with the intention of looking a certain way with really the intention of them thinking when I get to look that certain way, or I get to that certain weight, or I get to whatever that is, then I'll be enough. Then I'll be worth something. Then I'll be, and it's, that is one of the saddest things for me. And one of my main goals as, as a teacher within Evlo is to like truly have people here and hopefully one day be able to really believe in themselves that they really are enough exactly where they are. Not meaning that you can't have goals. We both have very real physical goals. I know you mm-hmm. do too, Hope. But you, but you also, I, I believe that real growth comes from knowing that you're enough right then and there, and then you can continue to grow. And it's like the rest is just bonus. I, I don't know. That's yeah. where it comes for me. And it allows you to then approach those goals with feelings of self-respect and with honoring your body and honoring your yes. mind instead of like beating, beating yourself down. Exactly. Like what y'all talk about. So Cause it's, a hamster um, it's never going to, it's never like that will never get you where you want to be. No, it just gets yeah. worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Like it just perpetuates. Well, because if you're chasing that standard, then that's never going to be enough. You have to know that your value comes from, I mean, literally your existence. You are on this earth for a reason. And being a five pound fighter or being more toned or seeing, you know, your leg muscles, like that's not going to actually increase your worth. Um, right, right. And so, yeah, I love that you guys talk about that and say it because body, and I mean, it goes right into a lot of like principles of body image that I teach and that I kind of go through with a lot of my clients, which is, yeah, approaching your body from a place of respect and yeah. not shamefulness. So being able to like really believe that and kind of hammer that home after you've just done something that was really great for your body. And that will encourage you to keep showing up exactly. instead of getting to the end and feeling like you haven't done enough and you're a failure. So. But it takes reps because we always talk about like neuroplasticity, which is like your brain's ability to rewire itself in a new way takes eight, all the research shows it takes like tons, thousands of repetitions. And so it's easier said than done. It's easier. It's, it's, and then people are like, oh, well, that sounds nice, but like, Mm -hmm. "Eh." but that's not how we were taught to believe about ourselves. And so we have to rewire it by showing up every single time and putting in the rep of being like, okay. Maybe it's possible that I've done enough. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. you like kind of can give yourself more neutral thoughts. Like maybe it's maybe um, someday you know, or like you don't have to jump straight to like, I'm enough. I'm worthy. Yeah. Everything yes. that I've ever been taught, all of my conditioning is <laughs> now erased. Like it just doesn't work like that. So you have to continue. And so that's one of the reasons why we really say it and every we try to say time. it almost every yeah. single class because we know it takes the reps. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, hope you get the, you get the proof and then it's way easier to actually adopt that mindset. Yeah. Once you yeah. separate, but it takes yeah. time. It takes so yes. much time and consistency, both from the mental aspect of it. And a lot of times the physical that our, our culture doesn't necessarily lend itself to our culture is a very want fast results. Now I, I want to be able to do this for X amount of days and know that I'm going to see X results. And that's just, 
honestly not based in reality. Unfortunately, that would be so much easier. And I wish that that was the way it was for, for people, but it, it isn't. So to be able, that's why we implement these things that are pretty different than the typical fitness culture, because we want to create something that people keep showing up to day in and day out, because we know that that is what will then drive results. It's that gentle consistency that we talk so much about and so much of our content and Mm -hmm. it's establishing principles, like including something as seemingly simple as you've done enough and you are enough at the end of classes or encouraging you to, to come to your mat, giving whatever percentage you have that day, even if it's 10%, like you just show up to your mat and that's all you can do. Yes. it's It's that consistency, that repetition of coming to that place of coming to your mat. That's really going to you know do the trick. I love the concept of gentle consistency. And I know, Pate, when you are, because we've known each other our entire lives, (laughs) you kind of talk about coming from a place of needing to find a little bit more consistency in your workout. So not necessarily coming from a place of like overworking and over-exercising and all of those things, but looking for more consistency in your workouts, in your routine. And I feel like a lot of people can resonate with that as well. So how did you find that consistency that you're looking for that ultimately produces results? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's one of the things Shannon and I are so similar in a lot of ways, but our journeys to get to the point where we are was pretty different. Uh, and, you know, Shannon has just described it in this podcast and then in, in a lot of other content as well of coming from this place of overuse, beating yourself up. And that's not something that I personally ever struggled with. So I grew up, you know, playing sports, wasn't good at any of them, but I played. Uh, you were not, and, not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Arguable, but you know, I was always active and then in college, like I didn't really do much freshman year. And then I started going to classes and I start, I became a fitness instructor when I was in college, a Pilates instructor. And so that gave me like a little bit more consistency, but I was mainly just working. It wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. for my own fitness journey, PT school, same thing, bopping around. I'd go and try anyone's program or I'd do an online program for a month or two and then stop. And it really truly was not until I came across Evlo that things radically changed for me in that department. So I found Evlo in August, 2020. Um, so within the, you know, the first six months of the business. And I, first of all, was attracted to the principles behind it in terms of like the actual exercises that were being done. I agreed with them very much on, from a physical therapy standpoint um, and, and the type of physical therapy I was practicing at the time. I thought that our, those principles were really aligned. So it was like, oh, I'm going to try this for myself. And then once I started doing it, it was, it was the ability to come home to my house. And at the time I didn't have my garage set up or anything just mm-hmm. in my living room, come home after work, a long day of work and still have the energy and know that I wasn't about to go wreck myself doing an, a, a workout. So it kept me showing up time and time again. And I also just loved the classes. I loved having the, the direction. I like being told what to do and not having to really think about it. And, and day in and day out, it just continued to reinforce and reinforce. And now I'm over two years in and mentally I am a different person. Physically, I am a very different person. And it wasn't until having something where I was able to show up pretty much every, every week for the last two years that I saw actual changes in both of those categories. 
Yeah. Well, and I also love the time frame, and I tell people this all the time too. I, you know, have gone through a, kind of a physical transformation myself, but it literally was like a five year period of time. Yeah. And you just said two years. Thank like you it's for literally that. Yes. years that years. it takes. Yeah. So we, I we think always say, like, give yourself a long runway, but the fitness industry, again, doesn't train yeah. you to do that. They're like, in 80 days, you'll transform exactly. your body. How well, many? Well, it's obnoxious because it really does give this false sense of reality that so many people cling to because it, I mean, it preys on hope, on people's hope of mm-hmm. wanting to achieve these quick results. And it nothing makes me more angry than yeah. that, honestly. It, because it, you can, tra- I mean, it is possible to transform your body yeah. in 80 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, look at like the biggest loser. You never see reunion of the biggest yeah. loser because they can't sustain it. Because right. they just, they, it's no, way you're going to wreck yourself if you completely transform your body in 80 days. Could yeah. you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be suffering from that for like the next 80 years? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. It's very true because both from uh, one, the, the actions that you've taken to achieve those changes in 80 days are not, not sustainable typically in the least, both from a nutrition standpoint and an exercise standpoint. And then number two, you're physically, you are most likely physically disrupting something within your body, whether it's a metabolic process, whether it's an injury, an actual physical injury. It's just, it's not worth it when we have, that's also one of our big things is we have the, our entire lives to work out. That is our goal to still be able to work out when we're 90 years old. And so what, what's 80 days in that, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, why not give yourself that time to continue to make those small changes that then add up. And you look back at yourself five years from, you know, five years ago. And it's like, I, I mean, truly, I have a picture of the two of us in our, in my bathroom and Shannon's like, that literally doesn't look like either of you. And it was from your <laughs> wedding. Six, what was it? Six I years know. ago? I was like, you both look like different humans. Like it's it's crazy, but it's like, that didn't happen. It wasn't like a year or even, you know, it certainly wasn't even just a year. Like that's been six years. So years, years. Time. Yep. Yeah. Time. Okay. So I just want to wrap up with kind of a deep question, but I know that there are, and I deal with this as an RD too, and people you know, latch on to things like don't take advice from someone you wouldn't want to look like yourself. And there's all of these like standards that people talk about as far as being in the fitness industry, or maybe someone thinking about getting into the fitness industry, feeling like they aren't adequate if they don't look a certain way. Have you ever dealt with like either both of y'all, any like insecurities in that area? And like, how do you combat those things? 100%. Um, I think being online opens you up to all the internet trolls who can say whatever they want about your body. And it's hurtful. Like, I, I don't care how secure you are, secure you are, like it cuts Mm -hmm. every single time, even if it's like someone with no profile picture and like, not, it's not like obviously a troll. Yes. It's (laughs) a troll, but they say something mean and, and about your body and it cuts. And so I've definitely had to do a lot of work on that. A lot of times, like Peyton, God bless her. She just goes and deletes the comments. So I don't have to see them. And that helps. Honestly, it's just like limiting my exposure, but I've definitely suffered with like, okay, if I'm going to be the face of this business, I need to like look a certain way. And I go back to that. And what I've ultimately decided is, okay, if, if you're coming to Evlo because you want to like, quote unquote, look like one of us, I don't want, like, I don't want someone coming to Evlo for that reason. I want them coming to Evlo because they resonate with the message and the mindset. And I think that being an example of 
that I'm a real human, that I sometimes, you know, eat um, a healthy uh, whole foods bowl. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I eat a pasta feast. And (laughs) sometimes I have seasons where I might gain a couple of pounds. And sometimes I have seasons where I'm more consistent with my nutrition. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, that's what I've ultimately come to the decision is that I need to be an example of a real human who has real fluctuations and isn't perfect and isn't perfectly cut all the time. Um, I think that's kind of where I've landed. And of course it's a continual battle because we have to rewire a lot of BS that, that we've been conditioned to. For sure. Yes. I don't know if you, yeah, I, I think that sums it up really, really well is we want to be able to show up as our real selves and as real people. And we're lucky that we have developed uh, a community that is supportive of that. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of like it, it feeds on each other. Like that's, that's what we ultimately want to develop and create for other people. And then they've given us that space to be ourselves as well. So yeah. it doesn't come without your days where you look at yourself in a video and you're like, I, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever. But for the most part, it's been like a really good process on like, on how to be better to ourselves too. Well, and I mean, you guys are truly living examples of that. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's just been such a pleasure to talk with y'all. It, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. This is so fun, Hope. We love you. But wait, <laughs> before you go, I'd love it if you'd share this episode with a friend who needs it. And to make sure we stay connected, find me on social media at hopewell underscore health or for more information about my nutrition coaching services, check out my website, hopewellhealth.online. And always remember, you are smart, capable, and talented. You have what it takes. I'm just here to educate and encourage you along the way. Catch you next time.